is happening? My name is Chris and welcome to another weekly episode of That Tattoo Show. We are a podcast that is on every Sunday on all major platforms. Paul drinks non-alcoholic beer, I drink Pepsi sometimes and coffee. We chat random nonsense, but this week, this week is going to be something a little bit different. Paul spent some time working on a nice monologue for you guys. And it's all going to be about <laughs> tattoo theory. So without further ado, uh, I'm going to pass you on to our lecturer. And class will be in session. Uh, hello, class. <laughs> Paul the teacher, Purple Andy Preacher here. And I will be teaching this week. Um, so there'll be no news this week. There'll be uh, no comments. Be. Uh, I wanted to, because I, I've got a feeling this will be quite an information-dense and quite a long episode. Hopefully not too long. I'll try and keep it. You know, I can't keep it as short as I can. Um, I might we, have to stop and get a coffee off. Yeah, it? maybe. It might be one of those. It might need to be a coffee break halfway through this. But <laughs> uh, probably a month ago now, we were in another conversation and we started talking about um, colour theory. Uh, and, I, you know, I said like I normally do, if you want to hear about colour theory, um, you know, comment down below. And a lot of you commented and said, yeah, please, please do it, right? So... What I thought I would do is I would have the same conversation with you lot that I have with my apprentices um, because colour always comes up at some point for everybody and they always, you know, all my apprentices have turned around to me and gone, right, so um, teach me about colour. Uh, and so what I'm about to share with you is what I share with them, basically. And, um, you know, there's some credits at the end because this isn't all my own thoughts. You know, some of this is some stuff that I've found online that I've, I think is a really good teaching guide and a, a good teaching reference for me. And I think it's really good for you. So there'll be some links at the end and some stuff at, at that. But uh, I guess we should, we should get into it. So to give you some context um, about colour theory, because there's, there's tons of colour theory that you can find online. The, uh, there are a couple of problems with the colour theory that's online. Most of it is aimed at painters and or graphic designers. Uh, and as tattooists, you don't really need to know what colour will make somebody buy a toothpaste over another colour or the fact that if you have a red button, it's 22% more likely to be clicked than a blue button. That's not the kind of information that you need as a tattooist. And the colour theory that's aimed at painters, uh, painting goes through a slightly different process. Painting is a slightly different process as well to tattooing. So a lot of painters, and I know there's a bunch of you out there that paint. So as you know, when you approach a painting, you, you take your core pigments, you mix them up, and you mix all the colours from scratch onto your palette. Now, you know, partly for, you know, speed and efficiency and because that because of the way our machinery works it just that would not really be practical for us as tattooists so we tend to work with a, a wider amount of colors uh pre-mixed for us and then we select them so you know a lot of the terminology is is not so useful a lot of the approaches are not so useful uh, and you can get really lost in it. And I think that's the problem when we move into colour is that you get to the end of your piece and you've you've selected your colours and when they all come together, the tattoo just looks a bit flat 
and you go, well, it just looks, it just all looks a bit muddy and it doesn't really pop like other colour tattoos that I've seen. And then you start looking into colour theory uh, and then you get even more lost because the information is for painting and for uh, for graphic design, right? <laughs> so what I've done is, um, with the help of a couple of pieces of reference material and my own thoughts, I've boiled this down. Now, I've boiled it down partly because colour theory is massive. Um, it's a huge topic and it's got its own sets of controversies and uh, colour theorists that don't agree with each other. Others, And I'll touch on that as we go through because it's an important point for us as tattooists. Part of the reason for not having the news or the comments on this show uh, or this, you know, this episode of the show is that I want you to be able to come back to this and skip through the chapters and go, I just need to refresh my memory about what Paul said about that. So it can be like a standalone episode that you can come back to. So. Yeah. You might be thinking to yourself, listen, Paul, I use 10 colours from a palette. I use a traditional colour set. Um, why on earth would I need colour theory at all? I've got, me, I've got my 10 colours there. I use them 10 colours. All my tattoos look great. I don't need to worry about it. Um, and my answer to that would be, if that's what you're doing and that's what you're getting, you don't need to worry about it. <laughs> because unless you're going to change those colours, if they're working for you and you're getting everything that you want out of it, if it's not broke, don't fix it, right? But what I would say to you is the thing about colour theory is if you want to change one of those colours, if you get to a tattoo and that blue that you've used for 10 years, just a bit too blue and you haven't got another blue... Using colour theory, you can actually make that blue exactly the blue that you need very, very simply and quickly with not a lot of other inks. You know, you don't need 10 other inks to change the colour of it. You probably need two, right? So what I'll explain to you first is what is the, the purpose of colour theory? Now, the, the closest I can get to you, because I know there's a few musicians out there, and if you're not a musician, I apologise for this, but it's the best analogy I can come up with. We've got all these colours, Rainbow of colours everywhere, you know, uncalculable amount of colours and tones and shades and tints and all that sort of stuff around us. And we need a system of organisation. So colour theory is very similar to music theory in that you've got these 11 notes and you don't put certain notes together because certain notes, when you put them together, they sound shit. So what, they, what music theory does is give you a rough framework for, you know, the rules for you to work within. Now, a lot of us, me, me included, go, ah, fuck the rules, man. It's all about being free and doing all of that. And I, I thought that for the longest time. But quite honestly, rules don't restrict your creativity. They actually allow you to get to it a bit quicker, you know. So if you if you know how chords are put together, um, then you can work out which chords go well together. So what, for the musicians yeah. out there, I want you to think of um, colour theory like... Uh, in the same way as music theory. So colour theory is like scale charts and chord charts, but for colours, right? Um, and th I think the other thing that, that's worth touching on, for a, for a lot of you, I don't want you to feel bad if, the, if this is the first time you've ever even heard this term, you know, because for the, uh, the vast majority of tattooists, actually tattooing is how they get into art. They become tattooists first and then fall in love with painting and design at, while, while you're already a tattooist. So if, if that's you, if you've got into tattooing and then you suddenly find yourself falling in love with art, 
you're not unusual. That's a, a really, really high percentage of the tattooists that I know that get into art first and then become brilliant oil painters after they've been tattooing for 10 years because they just fall in love with art generally. So that's kind of where we're at with what is uh, colour What is color theory. Colour theory has three main roles. So the first role is what I've been talking about, is to organise your colours, right? To give you a system of organisation of how the colours all fit together. And the second role of colour theory is to teach you how to mix and transform colours. You know, so how do you take that colour and turn that like colour into up. another colour? <laughs> you have to put your hand up. <laughs> Let me just... Yeah, I'm going to put my hand up exactly. <laughs> Please, sir. <laughs> so what you're saying here, I think, I just want to add that I think that is very, very important. So, so for example, like earlier on in my career, when I didn't really understand yeah. colour theory, I would find myself in certain scenarios where maybe I've run out of a certain colour and because I don't know how to make up a certain, certain you know, I, I I didn't know how to mix other colours to make that specific one I wanted. Uh, I, I was left not being able to finish the tattoo and have someone to come back. And I, I, a perfect example was like, uh, I needed a, I was doing a tattoo and I needed like a, like a, a steely, bluey, grey kind of colour. Yeah. And yeah, I was yeah. like chatting to a mate and they were like, mix blue and brown. Go. And that will get you to that kind of great. That and will I, get you there. Yeah. And like, so like for me, I think like it's in what you're saying here and like what you're just getting on to know, it's definitely yeah. important. Well, see, for the, the example that I always that. use when I'm teaching the guys um, is I go, you know, the color yellow, how do you make dark yellow? You know, because everybody always goes black and I'm like, yeah, it, it might be, green, but that it? might go a bit green though depending on what pigment. See, this is the problem with tattooing because it's not always a pure pigment. So it's not always pure black. It could be black plus red. It could be black plus blue. Black with purple. It could be black with purple in it. So you can get weird colour shifts. So it doesn't work like the, not always, it doesn't always work like the pure pigments in paint, right? So I say to, you know, with all the guys I go, that's what rule two is. You know the colour yellow? How do you make dark yellow? Right, and they go, uh, I went, there you go. That's how you, this is what I'm going to teach you. I'm gonna, or how do you keep the yellow exactly the same saturation, but duller? So I want it to stay as vibrant, but I want it to look like it's further away. How do you do that? Right. You know, and, and, and so this is, this color theory is going to answer those questions for you. And then the third role of color theory and this is the thing that you were just talking about, is um, is to teach you how to use colour harmonies. And so you can, because we work in a very high contrast medium uh, and we want contrast all the time, we colour theory will teach you that certain colours to the eye appear to recede and certain colours come forward. Now, if you look at this shot that I'm sitting in right now and I said to you, generally, cold colours go backwards to the human eye and warm colours come forward, all of a sudden the reason there's a blue light at the back of the room and an orange light at the front of the room might make a lot more sense because that's colour theory at play in filmmaking, which is 
not the same, but it's still similar. It still has the, it's the the you know the blue and teal thing that lots yeah, of teal and orange, teal and orange, so blue and teal. It's fucking both blue. Because <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, like with that, you'd have like teal would be in the shadows. There you go. Uh, and orange would be in like you no know, like the highlights. Watch a sci-fi movie and look for blue and orange, basically, or teal and, and teal and orange, and you'll see it all over sci-fi films. It's present in all kinds of filmmaking, and but that's a theory that you can apply to your tattooing. That if you want, so if you want your foreground subjects to pop forward, you can do it in a warmer colour, and you can do all your background in a colder colour. Another question. Uh, yes, mate. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I, I can put my hand up for every single. <laughs> oh, it's brilliant. So, <laughs> yeah. So, so touching on the, the the cinema side of things as well, and I, I think this also is something that you no know, is probably used by people in tattooing, and if you don't, you can use it. It's like if you look at a lot of cinema, depending on the colour schemes that they use, that like gives an indication of mood so like horror movies would have like lots of reds and greens you know in the background and it gives you that kind of like spooky vibe so and it'd be the same with like when you're tattooing your color choice uh will also help you convey the feeling that you want people to get from that tattoo so if you you know it's like if you're going to do like a horror tattoo yeah you don't want to do a horror tattoo with fucking teal and orange You'd want to do a horror tattoo with like, you know, reds, greens, like, you know, that kind of vibe. Like, yeah, all you you've got to think about it, you know, highlight. imagine going, you know, you're in, you're in a country or you're in a town that you're, that you're not from in a bar, you go to a toilet and you get a really bad murder vibe from the toilet. Right. And the reason that's happening is it might just be that the, the toilet is in dark green and it's got a red light, which you immediately think you're just going to be in a fucking horror film. Before. <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. That's the point of colour theory. So we're going to move on to the next section, which are the three dimensions of colour. Because one of the problems with a lot of colour theories is they only really talk about one or two of the dimensions of colour. Now, colour has three dimensions. So There's no fourth dimension. There's no fourth, it, dimen there's no fourth dimensions in this. <laughs> so colour, as I said, has three dimensions. There's hue, value, and chroma. Now, chroma is sometimes referred to as saturation and also, because I've got to look, look this up on my colour wheel, it's come something, oh, intensity, right? So if I use the word intensity or saturation instead of chroma, please excuse me, chroma is the correct term. That, but the difference between chroma and saturation, there is actually a technical difference, but the technical difference between them is beyond... Well, it's pointless for the for this because we by now we pretty much use them interchangeably. Uh, even though I know that technically me referring to this as saturation is incorrect, I was I came through color theory as a graphic designer where saturation is the term that we use. So uh, if you're a painter out there and you're throwing shit at the TV, I know I should be saying chroma. I'm a graphic designer. Give me a fucking break. So let's start with the first dimension of colour. Number one is hue. Now, hue is really simple. That's any pure colour. Any pure colour is a hue. So that's basically every, every colour that has not been mixed with other colours. That's it. That's, that's your hue. The, a value, uh, so pure white is considered to be the highest value and black is the lowest value. And if you mix black and white together, in, in varying amounts, you can get all of, you know, all of the values. When we say value, 
we're referring to how light or how dark a colour is. So you can have like... So like 50 shades of grey Yeah, 50 then. shades of grey, but you can have 50 shades of red, 50 shades of purple, 50 shades of yellow, 50 shades of blue, right? That's your, that's your value. And then the one that I was just talking to, chroma, also re referred to as saturation and intensity. So the way chroma works, if we add white, black or grey to any colour, we are affecting its chroma or saturation. So if you add white to it, you'll make it lighter. If you add black to it, you'll make it darker. And if you add grey to it, you'll, you'll make it less... In, you're doing something that makes it less it's intense. It's like a bit more You are taking away the saturation of the colour. So this would be great if you were doing a realistic portrait of a rose where half of the rose was in was had a cast shadow on it from a lamppost. And there was a lamppost yeah. shadow over the rose. That area where there was a shadow would have a lower chroma or a lower amount of saturation than your pure red in full sunlight. And we achieve this by mixing white, black or grey, depending on what we're trying to do with the colour. So chroma or saturation is how our eyes um, perceive how vivid a colour is. And when we affect the chroma of a colour or the saturation of a colour, we are changing how our eyes perceive that, like I'm saying. So if you want to make something like like it's got a cast shadow over it, so if you did a whole field of yellow and then you wanted a shadow of a house across it, you would affect the chroma of the yellow in some way to make it look darker, to, to give you the effect of a shadow. This is something that you should all own. I think they should have, there should be at least one of these in every tattoo studio in the world. This is a really, really handy device. I don't think, I don't know if you can see um, how this works, but uh, hang on, I'm oh, fucking, I'm turning the wrong way. Um, so there, this is telling you that if you take red violet and you add red, you'll get that colour. It says, you know, red, add yellow, you'll get that colour. And it's, it's a really, really handy bit of kit. It's also got, on the back, you've got all your kind of, that you've got the, the, the outer ring is the hue, and then you've got the tint, the tone, and the shade. I'll get to tints, tones, and shades in a minute. In the world of graphic design, they look like this. This is what we call a Pantone yeah. wheel. It's a very specific color system used for accurate printing of, of colors. So well, one thing I like about the color wheel is when you've got it on the wheel, you've got, you know, you can, you can really see. No, don't get me wrong. The Pantone colors... wheel doesn't do, the Pantone wheel doesn't do the same job. What that is, each one of, each one of those things that I was showing you is exactly the color that you will get because the color on screen when you're doing graphic design is very different. So you specify whenever you see, um, a bright red, I would like you to use Pantone 032, bright red. Right, do you know what I mean? And whenever you see a royal blue, I want you to use Pantone 287. Right, you know, and 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 you specify them and then they've actually got pots of paint that they pour in that you know they pour into the, the offset lithographic press, you know, and it's called a spot colour that is. It's not CMYK, more about that on some on another episode. So the basic colour wheel that's this thing that I was talking about, not that one, basic colour wheel. Uh, it's a circular diagram that arranges the basic hues, uh, 12 ba basic hues into a ring. Uh, these three primary colours can be mixed with one another to create approximate versions of the other colours on the wheel. So for example, when you're looking at the colour wheel, if you mix yellow and red, you create orange. Uh, mix red and blue, you get violet. Mixing yellow and blue creates green. Uh, these are called your secondary colours. 
Um, and when you mix the secondary colours together, you get things called tertiary colours. And that's how you expand this colour wheel out and out and out to get all yeah. of the tones. Now, this is where we get to a controversy in colour theory. All right? And it, it sort of affects us, right? Because it will affect how we mix colours together. There are two schools of, um, of thought with this. So... We all learn this in, in normally in you know primary school, you know grade school, where the the three primary colours are red, blue, and yellow, right? So those are your three primary colours, and then you you know you mix those colours together and you get all of the colours on the colour wheel. The problem with with that theory is it's almost impossible using that theory to mix teal. Uh, because it's very difficult. Like a, Think of like eternal Bermuda blue or something like that. It's very difficult using those three primary colours plus white and black to get a good vivid teal, right? Um, so there is another school of thought that says instead of using red, blue and yellow, we should be using cyan, magenta and yellow. So you've got the, um, so you've got the CMY or the... Uh, RBY crew, right? <laughs> right, and they argue endlessly about this sort of stuff. Um, what about, if you what, look what, at what, the difference, what, what about CMYK and RGB? Uh, they're Is that, they're two uh, completely different things, and they um, they I could explain them, but it'll be really, really but, fucking but confusing that, that, for the guys. Like, yeah, because I'm I'm only saying that because like you know, obviously with with a lot of people doing stuff digitally, yeah. Uh, things are like RGB, CMYK, yeah. especially when you get them printed and so on. So, like, yeah. just to kind of like clarify then that. So, you know, um, just really specifically quickly, to RGB is uh, a deductive color system designed for screens. CMYK is an additive color system designed for printing. Uh, in all fairness, most modern print places that you'll go to will take an RGB file these days. But when I was learning to be a graphic designer, um, you had to have everything in a CMYK colour space and you, it meant it looked shit on your screen, but it looked great when it printed. These days, uh, we've pretty much solved that because it's um, it's a fucking nightmare, to be fair. So that's why I very rarely uh, pick up a Pantone colour wheel and, and stuff like that these days because yeah. I don't need them. So you don't really need to worry about it for printing these days unless your printer specifies CMYK and you're that's normally if you're printing something really fucking expensive, you know, like, yeah. you know, like your, your banner will be RGB, your business card will be RGB. You just make it in Procreate yeah. and send it on. They'll, they'll figure it you out. You used to do my editing because they'd ask you for like, like you, you'd send it in like a, or, or they'd be like, I can only do it if you send it in a TIFF file. And like when I, you know, when I first got into tattooing and made my first business card and I'm like, I'm like, what the fuck's a TIFF? <laughs> yeah. What the fuck is a TIFF? Tagged image file format. That's what that is. I know, but I was just like, uh, I, but then at that point, right, it's like every other person that I've had to like print itself, it's like, you know, JPEGs or yeah. PSD files. Yeah. And then, then they go like, curveball, I must have a tiff. Yeah, that has to do with uh, image compression. Early days of JPEG compression was pretty bad. Like, it left lots of artifacts and stuff and tiffs were better. A lot of file formats uh -huh. that I, a lot of file formats that I used to work in 15 years ago, you just don't ever touch them now. You just—it's just not worth it. So here's the thing with the the two color RBY versus CMY, right? So if you look at it, and I'll find a graph for this. Um, the gamut now the gamut is 
the total amount of colours available from those three colours. If you combine cyan, magenta and yellow, you get a wider gamut of colour. Uh, the word gamut means uh, everything, you know, the, uh, the full expanse of it. So the gamut of colour, when somebody says, what well, is I the full was... gamut of colour? It is the entire I range. I honestly thought... I thought it was said differently. I thought it was gamut. It could be gamut, you know. Um, it could, it could be. No, no. It, I'm it saying could I, I've learned something. I, I, I've always I've said gamut, it. so it could be <clears throat> gamut. This is this is Adobe. This is Adobe and Adobe all over again. This is, isn't it? <laughs> but yeah, it could be. Yeah, it could be that. You know, quark and quark. <laughs> potato, you know, potato. Uh, however you say it, it's fine. I'll I'll know what you mean. It's absolutely fine. Now. Um, Part of the reason for this, one of the arguments comes into how human beings perceive colour. Uh, you can do a really interesting test with this, and I'll um, uh, I'll throw it up. Uh, so, the I I've got to be honest. I fall down on the CMY side. I think RBY isn't a wide enough colour space. I think CMY is better. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to throw up on screen um, the correct primaries, and you can see that there are six of them. There's uh, red. Uh, teal, green, magenta, blue, and yellow. And then if I invert them, you can see that they're actually the correct opposites. So the RBY argument tells you that red is, you know, the, the, the primary colour red is is opposite. What's it, what do they say it's opposite to? On green, right? Uh, this, in the traditional colour wheel, red is opposite to green. But actually, if you look at it with human vision, uh, the opposite of red is teal. It's not green at all. Uh, magenta is the opposite of green, and blue and yellow are opposites to each other. So that's where this argument rages from, right? Now, you see the primaries image. If you, if you stare at that, right, if you put it on a layer in, in um, you know, you can just pull it down off of this show. If you put it on a layer over a white over a white background in say uh, procreate and you stare at it if the the black dot in the middle of it for 10 seconds and then turn the layer off the persistence of vision will actually on your because it's burnt onto your retinas for a split second you will actually see the opposite colors so if you were to just stare at that on screen and then look away at a white wall you'll see the opposite oh, of those squares nice. and it's how human vision works so those of us that are in the CMY argument argue that basic colour theory is incorrect. Now, why is this fucking nonsense important to you as a tattooist? Well, it actually means that when we come into mixing colours and actually manipulating them, that what we think is the opposite on the colour wheel might not give us the result that we're actually after. So that, you know, I've said to you before on the show that when you're working with a rose and you want to deepen red... You can use green. Well, you can actually use teal. As teal is the true opposite of red, not green. Cue the people that don't agree with me throwing shit at the television. I'm really sorry if that's triggered you. I don't mean to. You know what I mean? I don't. I don't mean. You tell a mean business. I've tied my hair up. You know. <laughs> uh, so that is one of the. You know, and you know, don't please don't go down this rabbit hole, right? Because honestly. You'll, you'll lose two days of your life listening to people arguing about this. Colour theorists have been arguing about this for years. You know, it's a fucking massive subject. So uh, light teal or dark uh, light teal? Light teal. You know, so like, um, but it's got to be a pure teal. 
So it's got to be pure. It can't be. It, it's got to be a pure hue. So then, if you are, and, and that will darken it. Yeah. If you add, if you add teal to red, it will make it darker. So then, you know, like there's, so, so you know, like the zone palette. So the zone palette is just every color plus plus white or black. Right. So then, theoretically, then if you wanted to have yeah. a more true to tone. If you you could do the zone palette, but with teal and red to go from like you red can to if all of your tattoo pigments were absolutely pure and they they never are because they mix p pigments together to get particular colours. You see, so if you had a completely yeah. pure tone yeah. or hue, which is the correct name for it, then you could do that. We fall we fall foul of the fact that the colour that we're looking at has been it's already had some mixing going on to get it there. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. not always it's we're not always looking at a pure colour, you know. So yeah, because that does my head in sometimes when I'm like using colours uh, and like certain brands. So like if I'm using a brown and I've run out of brown with one brand, yeah. and then I'll, maybe I'll go and borrow brown off one of the boys, but like that company puts a lot of red, like a dark red in yeah. the brown. And as soon as you start tarot, you can just see that. And then when you, and then like, if you mix that brown with another color, it just fuck things, it fucks things up. Yeah, because it's like you've mixed red with it and not brown with yeah. it, you know. And that's why, that's why color theory for tattooists can be, like, I think you, it's more important to know colour theory because then you know what's happening when it's not working because generally we only need colour theory when shit isn't doing what it's supposed to do and you have to kind of shift stuff and that's why a good understanding of colour theory will help you out with this. When you, I think I've said before on the show one of the reasons I, don't, I, I didn't get on with Fusion Ink, even though it's great ink, is that they use... Uh, unusual bases for their colours sometimes. So I would mix them. I find the same with radiant. Right. So I, you know, you get what you think is a, a deep cold colour. You put a lighter tone into it, expecting it to stay cold, and it goes warm. And you go, then it's because they've used a warm base, and it's, and that's why it becomes quite difficult for us. So that's that's the little controversy and a little experiment that you can do. Um, I personally think. Uh, CMY is better. It gives us a, it gives us a, a wider gamut of colours. Uh, if I'm honest, as a tattooist, I just have you know I'd, I'd have all six of them. Now, it's worth mentioning because we've talked about this on on here before. Uh, you could technically take that information and only buy that ink plus grey, white, and black, and then make every one of your tattoos from there if, with those colours. Every colour is possible. Every tint, tone and shade visible to the human eye is possible with those colours. But the reason we don't do it is it would be massively impractical. And also, you would be, you know, like with paint, you know, you can get a palette knife and you can move it around, you can chop it up and, you you know, but we're trying to mix it either in the needle or we're trying to, you know, use needle bars and spin them up and, and all of that. And you just... And we're, we're working in much, much smaller amounts. You know, you see people mixing it with paint yeah. and they use quite large amounts of paint. Well, we've got little, you know, in reality, little ink caps. And it's 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 just not a practical way of doing it. Totally possible. Uh, I think you've mentioned that Mike DeVries did it as a proof of concept. I think it was Mike DeVries. That yeah, you done it years, yeah, years ago. He, 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 done, um, he just basically used the primary colour palette uh, and done like I'm sure he done like a full kind of like I don't know if it was like a realism piece or like a pinup, but he did do like a full color piece with just the primary yeah. colors and like white and black. 
so whilst you know whilst you can do it you shouldn't so of course in practice right we um we use a load of pigments you know shelves and cupboards full of pigments and then we want to manipulate those pigments from there and so we want to make um things called tints tones and shades and we make them using gray black or white uh, a tint is created by adding white I'm just I'm double checking my terminology because I'm shit at terminology. I just do this job for a living. I don't need to know the terms. Um, a tone is so a tint you add white, a tone you add grey, and a shade is achieved by adding black. That's the correct terminology. You know, I just go lighter, darker, or flatter. Is generally what you'll hear me call it. So I need to make the colour flatter. For certain colours, you can't darken with black, though, can you? No, again, it comes back to the fact that we're not dealing with... A lot of the time with tattoo ink, we're not dealing with pure hues or pigments. We're not dealing with a pure colour. So we there are we, there are ways around to it, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get to that, where there are, there are better ways of darkening colours than just adding black. Sometimes just adding black works great, but um, there are better ways of darkening it. So the... So with the 12 basic hues, and plus white and black, um, the, a really wide gamut of colour is, um, is achievable. But none of those colours are as intense as the pure colour. So the moment you put something into red ink, whether that's white, black or grey, it will never be as intense as the pure red. That is the most, that, that is the colour with the most chroma saturation or intensity. The moment you add white, black or grey, you are affecting the chroma. You are reducing its, its saturation. There is one other piece of information, and that is that if you divide the colour wheel in half, so if we draw a line through the colour wheel from yellow-green to red-violet, that will, uh, we divide the wheel in two halves. So orange is considered to be the warmest colour and blue is considered to be the coldest colour. Warm colours, now this is a, a, this is a good bit of information for um, when you're making comp tattoo compositions. Uh, and I think I've said this, I think I've already said this, but like warm colours are said to advance uh, and draw the eye and cool colours are said to recede and, go, and, and draw less attention. So cool colours will... Background, warm colours in the foreground. You don't have to always do that, but that's a good rule of thumb to remember. If you put all your cold colours in the back and put your warm colours in the front, your tattoo's going to pop a bit more because you'll have big saturation and the stuff in the foreground is going to want to jump forward. So moving on from uh, what Chris was just asking me about, you know, is you can't, and I was saying you can't always just add black and hope that the colour the chroma or saturation of the colour is the only thing that is affected. Because our tattoo inks are mixed already and can could already be a mixed colour, even though it looks like pure yellow, um, you can get weird colour shifts and, um, uh, and you don't quite get the result that you're after. So another really, really great tip and, and I'll put a I'll put a graphic up uh, I'll put a picture up on screen for you to take a look at is if you're looking to reduce the chroma or saturation of a color um, you can actually use the opposite color on the color wheel so in the photo that you're looking at you're looking at two eternal colors pure orange and a pure blue and there you can see that as you move from the orange uh, into and you start mixing it with the blue, with the blue, you can see that by the time you get 
to the blue end, you're nearly into black, you know? And as and the orange is becoming less and less vivid. It's chroma is being reduced by the opposite colour on the colour wheel. And that's why with this, um, that's why I'm saying I think these things are really useful references for you to have in the studio. You know, you, there are companies that sell them for the walls, big wheel stickers, and you can just look and you get like, you know, because everybody can do the basic primaries, but then sometimes you, you're looking at, you know, I don't know, a, a dirty leaf green and going, what's what's opposite that? You know, and you might, oh, hang on, that's like a, that's a purpley colour. So if you took your dirty leaf green, um, I don't know, something like Dirty Money by Eternal, right, which is a really dark, dirty, dirty green. If I needed to deepen that even further, then I could just add purple to it you know, like a red violet, you know what I mean? And it'll take it even further, take it almost to black, right? So that's having the colour wheel around is really, really handy. Um, stick around to the end because I've got a great tip. If you happen to use eternal colours the same as me, um, I've got a great uh, colour wheel tip for you that, uh, that will make life incredibly easy for you. Um, and that that is mixing. So you can use, to reduce the chroma of colours, you can just use the opposite colour from the colour wheel. You do, if you're getting weird colour shifts with a particular colour by adding black, um, then you can use the opposite colour on the wheel and that will reduce the chroma or the saturation of the colour much better sometimes than adding black. Now we've gone over the, um, I guess, the, the kind of, the basics of this and how you mix and change colours. Uh, I wanted to move on to uh, the stuff you can actually use to improve your tattoos, and that's uh, creating colour schemes using colour theory. So, as we've talked about an, a number of times on the channel, tattooing is a high contrast medium, and so we're always looking. Uh, for successful tattoos to have the maximum amount of contrast that they can. Uh, we do this with contrast of colour versus no colour at all. You know, so if you put a big red square next to some black and grey, it will look very vivid because it's a pure hue. Um, we do it with uh, content, you know, uh, contrast in scale, really big things, really small things. We do it with contrast in texture, so we might to certain areas the tattoo super super smooth and then other areas pepper shaded so that we get levels of contrast between that and another way of achieving of achieving <laughs> another way <laughs> another way of achieving contrast is by using color so um while i'm going to go now this gets into some really weird terminologies so to help you with this i'm going to put up some tattoo pictures that are coloured using the various terms that I'm going to use because these do get into some like really, really odd kind of terms, right? So um, the first the, the first thing that we're going to do is we're going to work with, uh, generally through this, we're going to work with complementary colours. Now, complementary colours are the opposite colours on the colour wheel. So if I take the colour wheel here and show it you, so the opposite of red on this one, because in my world it's incorrect, uh, the opposite is green, right? So all you would do on your colour wheel in the shop is you would go, I want a really, really um, vibrant uh, tattoo of a rose. How do I make it, you know, really, really stand out? Well, you'd use red and green. Now, fortunately, like a lot of things in nature, 
um, there's already a natural massive amount of contrast, right? But that's what a complementary colour is. Now, there's obviously on this wheel, there's more than just three colours. There's 12 colours on here, but if you get a bigger wheel, there's even more colours. And so you can always find the complementary, but you can always use a pair of complementary colours, two pairs of complementary colours, three pairs of complementary colours, depending on how... Uh, complex you want the tattoo to be and how much you know color you need to use in it so we'll start with the simplest one and that is the monochromatic tattoo right so that's not a black that's not a black and gray tattoo right that is a, a that's a tattoo that uses a single color or hue and all of its tints tones and shades now while i'm talking about these color schemes i'm going to put up a picture of the color wheel and I'm going to put up a picture of a tattoo coloured, and it's the same tattoo coloured using that colour scheme. So the first colour scheme that we're talking about is the monochromatic colour scheme. Uh, and in this instance, um, what, we're, what we're looking at, it's a, a snake and some roses with a, a pen through it, I think. And if you look at it, you can see that it uses black, might even use white, but it uses deep red, red, light red, all the way through, but it's the only tone other than black and white that's there. And that's your monochromatic colour scheme. You know, it's a very simple one to put together. Um, trash polka would be considered monochromatic because it's a black and grey tattoo with, with a red uh, single colour. I do a lot of single colour tattoos where there's just a single colour with the black and grey. Uh, it works really well. It's really strong uh, and it's very bold. Um, now, the next one, and I hate this word because I'm, I'm sure I'm saying it wrong, is the analogous colour scheme. <laughs> right? Correct me if I'm wrong. If you know how to say that properly, then please correct me. So this, the analogous colour scheme uses any three colours that are side by side on the colour wheel. So, you know, if, if we look at the colour wheel again and we go, OK, well, let's, let's pick these three colours together. And then if I put up the uh, the picture of uh, of the snake and the daggers with the colour wheel, you can see there that this picture, this tattoo design, is using three colours that are not complementary. They're next to each other on the colour wheel. So it's essentially like a monochromatic, but there's more than one hue going on, right? So, But it's still really... You know, if this thing was done in green, it would be generally a green tattoo, generally a blue tattoo, that kind of stuff. Um, again, it's really powerful, uh, works really, really well. The The next one is the complementary colour scheme. So again, so you take this, here's the colour wheel. Uh, a complementary colour scheme includes any two complementary colours as well as a selection of their tints, tones and shades. So let's show you that one along with the colour wheel. So you look at the blue, on the opposite side of that, you'll see that from the opposite from blue, if I move my hand a bit, is a kind of yellowy orange, right? And you can see from this that we've used the yellowy brown orange to go with, with, with the blue colour as well. And that is your complementary colour. And you can see that in, in all of this, it's the same design, but the contrast is increasing with each of these and the impact of the colour is increasing really well. So let's move on to the next one. So the next colour scheme that we're going to talk about is uh, the split complementary colour scheme. 
So I'm going to put this up for you. So a split complementary colour scheme combines any three colours that are analogous, which is side by side, along with a complementary colour. So split complementary could be, you know, like a teal blue and green, as you're looking at in the, in the colour wheel diagram, along with red. So um, if we look at the split complementary here, we're using red and, and brown and yellow. So red, orange, yellow, red, brown, yellow, that kind of idea. And the, the one on the opposite side of the colour wheel is the blue, right? So that's how we're achieving that. So we've got generally warm tones. You'll notice that the warm tones are generally the foreground objects and the cold tones are the ones that are receding. So that's the belly scales and the leaves. And actually, if you look in this example, you would think that blue leaves would look weird, but they don't look weird at all. They look all right, man. You know what I mean? And that's the split complementary. The next one, uh, this is where we get into these weird, the super weird names, is a triadic colour scheme. The triadic colour scheme uses any three hues, and I'm, I'm going to try and hold this the right bloody way around, if I can. Um, uh, it uses any three hues that are equidistant, which means the same distance apart from one another. So in the colour wheel uh, diagram, you can see there that it's basically a triangle. So triadic, triangular colour scheme, right? I've, uh, we're free, as you know, with all of these colour schemes, we're free to use all of the tints, tones and shades of all of the colours. So all three of these colours can have white, black or grey added to them to make, you know, to give them depth and realism. And so the um, so this triadic colour scheme, um, you know, if you want to use the primary colours of red, yellow and blue, they're a great example of red, yellow, blue, a great example of a triadic colour scheme. Um, if you try and find, just as a complete aside, because me and Chris are big um, movie buffs, um, if you try and find a movie shot with a triadic colour scheme, the best example I've found is The Fall, which, if you've not seen it as a movie, is a fucking amazing film, and it uses, all the way through the movie, it uses a triadic colour scheme. And it's really hard to pull off in cinema, but it's it's fucking great. But moving back to The, the Snake... So we've got the we've got the colour wheel here. And so what we've done is we've taken the primaries. So we've gone red, blue, yellow, yellow roses, blue belly scales, red snake. And it works really well. It's really pokey design. It's got massive amounts of complex con, you know, contrast. Now I hope that uh, this is helping you out. Because when I started working with colour, I'd I'd look at something like this snake, and I'd I'd know that I'd do the roses in red, and then I'd know that I'd do I'll do the snake in green, but then I'd get to the belly scales and I'd be like, what, what, what colour should I use there? And then I'd start getting, you know, really confused or, you know, all the guys will have this. They go, I just don't know what colour to do the scales. You can see that by using these rules of colour, um, you, can, you can actually achieve, uh, you can get rid of that, like, guessing, you know, fumbling about in the dark, of like, oh, should it, should it be orange, should it be this? You can actually go straight to your colour wheel and go, well, I'll just do a triadic colour scheme, so which is my other, which is my other colour on the wheel, right? So, hopefully you can see that this is uh, helpful. All right, so we did triadic. Right, so the next one <laughs> is uh, tetradic. <laughs> Fucking hell, these names are an absolute mouthful. So a tetradic 
Um, it uses the tetratic, te tetratic color scheme uses uh, two sets of complementary colors. So, so this is a great formula for designs that require a larger number of hues. So you can see on the, the diagram that's on screen now, you can see that it's essentially, you take the color wheel and you just draw a rectangle over the top of it. And in the diagram, you get purple, orange, blue, and yellow. So, and then if you look at the, um, now the, the example uses a slightly different set of colors, but they are tetratic. Tetradic, tetradic. Right. So if you, if you look at that, just out of interest, you can look at, at that color wheel and you can probably find where those, that square has been derived from in that, you know what I mean? Just have a look and like, just pause this video and just do yourself a little test and see if you can draw a square over that and find out where those, those colors have come from. Right. Um, and then thankfully there's just one left. So after that, there's one called square, right? Uh, I only have the, um, the color wheel example for this. I don't have an example of the tattoo, but, uh, it's similar to the tetratic color scheme, but the complementary colors are exactly opposite. So you can see in the example on screen now that it's purple, uh, orange, teal, and yellow. So it's just, it's just a square rather than a rectangle. So it will give you, now the advantage of this, uh, of the square color scheme over the tetratics color scheme is because the colors are further apart, they will give you more contrast between the colors because they're further apart, right? So if you need more contrast, that's a great way of, uh, of achieving it. You know, so if, you know, if you've got a lot of colors going on, you're trying to pick out what colors you're doing. You know, I think for the realists of you out there, a lot of your colors are set because you're copying life. But for a lot of you guys that are, are drawing and putting your own designs together and then and then trying to, like, new school fucking nightmare, you know what I mean? Like, you've, you've got to be really good with new school. So the color wheel and these these color schemes are really good for this because you can, you can work out what will really make it pop. Or, say, a client brings you a manga line drawing and says, but I want it in full color, but it was never in full color, and you have to pick the colors using these using these color schemes, it's it's actually much more useful. Before we go, I've got uh, a couple of things that I wanna say about this lesson, uh, and a couple of them are really good news for you. So a lot of this lesson, a lot of the pictures you've been looking at and the examples are taken from a free ebook that I got years ago, and because I felt that it was the, the best way I'd seen colour theory explained in the realm of tattooing. And I, I hung on to it as a, a just a really good quick reference. If I go, oh, hang on a minute, I just need to go back to that. And it was written by Ross from Tattoo Smart. Um, and it's, and it's, it's colour theory for tattooists. Now, the great news about this, and I will put all the links on the screen below, it's available from the Tattoo Smart website for free as a PDF. You can just go and you can just go and download it right now. Um, while you're there, um, Tattoo mm. Smart, I think, is one of my favourite resources for tattooists. I think that oh, what Ross is doing over there with Tattoo Smart is really forward thinking, uh, and I think he's putting together some really really good stuff. I know he's been dragged through the mud recently, but we'll ignore that because it wasn't his fault. But he's trying to do something really good and a free ebook. Of oh, colour nice. for tattooists. It's a great reference. You can just have it on your iPad and just look through it. If you forget this stuff, all of this stuff that's in the video, if it's not, you know, pretty much lifted from that ebook, um, you know, there's a few of my own ideas in there and, and I've added some stuff to it. But 
a lot of, you know, pretty much the core of it is Russ's explanation and not mine. And I just think, in you know, it's a it's the best explanation that I've seen to explain colour theory for tattooists. Um, the other uh, great thing, while you're over there at Tattoo Smart, if you are an eternal colour user and you use Procreate, there is an eternal colour system, colour wheel there that Russ has created. So instead of this and it just saying, <clears throat> it just saying, you know, green, right, that will say dirty money or, you know, this will this will say lipstick red. So what you can actually do is, and it's there's masks, right? So you've got loads of layers on the Procreate. So you've got yeah. the full wheel at the bottom. And then so then if you wanted a triadic colour scheme, you can literally turn mm. the mask layer on for triadic and turn it round and it'll tell you what the colours are in your eternal range. So then you could make your triadic colour scheme, but it's telling you mm. what bottles to pull off the shelf. And I think it's a yeah. fucking brilliant piece of kit if you use eternal colour. You know, it's really, really handy. It's yeah. really handy to me because it's, you know, I, I use eternal colours. So, you know, I you know I use it all the time. I think it's absolutely great. Uh, so that would be my thing. So uh, credit where credit uh, is due. Thanks very much to Russ for making the ebook that this lesson is based on. I hope you've all got something from it. And I think it's probably about time that I let Chris say something because he hasn't said anything for about two hours. <laughs> Just before I go then, while I think about it, if you have got something out of this episode and you would like to support this channel, please consider buying a piece of our brand new merch. This is this is the Paul t-shirt. So this is the tell the lawyer, tell the judge, tell the priest t-shirt. Very soon on the uh, on uh, uh, Amazon shop. Are we going to do a Yo Bro one? We are going to do, well, we're going to do a couple of Chris yo ones. We're going to do a Yo Bro what's in the news, but we're also going to, by popular request, I've got to say, mate, we're going to do a tattoo is for life and not just for Instagram because everybody's like gone, dude, that's got to be a T-shirt. Yes. You know, so there'll be a, a couple of those there. There's a, a basic logo shirt and there's a bunch of other designs and we'll be we'll be just adding to it all the time as we go along. Um, so if you want to support the channel and you want to get some banging T-shirts, because they're actually really good quality shirts, if you want to get yourself a banging T-shirt that people will go, yo, bro, what's in the news? Whenever they see you, head over, head over to Amazon. Um, it's not because it's quite a new shop. It's not coming up in the search at the moment. So I, I am going to try and find all the necessary links for the .com and the .co.uk and the .de. But it's a little bit complicated to find that stuff. But I will try and get them in the description of this video. And so I guess with that, hope this has been useful. I hope it's been food for thought. Uh, class is adjourned. Is that is it? Do you adjourn your class? I guess it's finished. Lesson over. Um, this has been that tattoo show. Uh, and I realise for a lot of you Spotify listeners, this has probably not been particularly helpful. But uh, if you are looking at colour theory, you'll just have to head over to our YouTube channel and watch it there. Because you know I can't I can't explain colour theory without showing pictures. It's really hard. So I apologise. I apologise to the people listening to us as an audio podcast. You'll just have to come and watch this episode over on uh, and YouTube, and then you can like, comment, and subscribe while you're here. You know, and so with that, uh, this has been that tattoo show. I've been Paul, and I've been silent. <laughs> <laughs> uh, tell the lawyer, tell the judge, tell the priest, uh, tell all them painters that um, maybe their colour theory is wrong, and maybe you should be uh, CMY, not RBY. <laughs> <laughs>
So, um, you know, we can start an argument with that. And with that, we'll see you next week, guys. Take care. Bye.